The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 3 of the Murder in Mind podcast, brought to you by SJP World Media. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Morty. I'm still here. I've not been replaced yet, which is shocking. And uh, darlings, I am joined, darling, by the darling, Cy Darling Pal. How are you, darling? I'm doing very well, darling. I just noticed your name on the stream yard is darling as well. <laughs> That's how observant I am. I've been talking to you for 10 minutes. So the mood just picked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm aware that that's what I just did is annoying, but that was my point. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't listen to the last episode, um, darling was mentioned a lot. Oh, was uh, it ever? <laughs> was it ever? Yeah, I enjoyed enjoy doing that with you again uh, last week. Um, yeah. It was very interesting because we, uh, you know, it's only episode two and we already had a different view of yeah. of the story. I you, think that's um, great as well because it'd be very easy for, uh, say, for example, I enjoyed every episode, you enjoyed every episode. This would be mm. a very boring podcast because we'd just be going, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. What do you think? Yeah, it was great. But the fact that we disagreed <laughs> on some things, I think, was excellent as well. I don't know um, beforehand at all, just for the context for people listening. We haven't spoke about our opinions on this episode whatsoever. We've literally pressed record and we're going to sit down and talk about it now. So I'm intrigued mm. as to know your thoughts and if mine sort of correspond. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, so last week uh, we talked about episode two from the Murder in Mind. So in this series we're talking about um, the Murder in Mind TV show from the BBC back in early 2001. Um and it was a episode that I said deserved to be murdered and yes. should go away. And you said should be kept in mind. That was the first one. But we also, on the first episode, kind of had a different VIP as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. We've had different th- one thing we didn't do, because I, um, I think we must have kind of assumed that we were both going to go the same way. One thing we didn't do was pick our worst player of the week. We still haven't got a name for that. No. Um, I just assumed it was the wife. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. She was not a nice character, not a great actress. It, yeah, it was not a good look at all, was it? <laughs> no, she's in the bin. She's yeah, gone. she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are talking about series one, episode three, uh, which was called Motive, and it first aired on sixth of May two thousand and one. I haven't looked up any facts about the sixth of May two thousand and one. I'm sure lots of things happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And it is starring, as I mentioned last week, Reese Dinsdale was one of our main characters. He plays a character called Michael. Uh, and I mentioned last week, he's appeared in all, all sorts of different things. Did you yeah. recognise him? I did. I did. Yeah. But I got I, I, I got my wires crossed. The first time I was watching him, for some reason, and I got no reason, I, I got no you know, point to this whatsoever. I don't know why my mind went there. I was adamant this guy was in um, Round the Twist, the old kids' TV show. <laughs> But the Australian, uh, yeah, and I'm like, well, that okay. was Australian, wasn't it? I, I think that was Australian. He yeah. wouldn't have been in that. But I, th- I think I recognised him more. Well, well, I actually looked into who he was and what he's been in. There's a long, yeah. long, 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 long list of stuff that he's been in. The mm. one that stood out to me is something that I've definitely seen a few times is the film ID. 
Okay, I've never seen it. Okay, it's good. It's, I mean, it's a bit dated now, but it's, it's very good. Okay. Yeah, it's about football hooliganism and he's an undercover policeman trying to you know, sneak his way into the firm and oh. late 80s, early 90s kind of time. Oh, interesting. No, I don't um, know that. I know uh, Home to Roost and he was in one episode of um, Life on Mars, I think I mentioned last week. Yep. He played the gym teacher. Did that ring a bell when you saw that? Or no, it did not. I didn't get him from there, no. But yeah, okay. I still fought round the twist, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently he was in Coronation Street and Emmerdale as well. So there you go. Uh, okay. um, and his wife, as well as one of the main characters called Barbara, she's played by Susanna Harker. Now, I remembered her vividly when I first saw this, um, even on the rewatch, uh, from an episode of Waking the Dead, which is another TV mm. series that I love that I think doesn't get yeah. the love and the retrospective that it should. Um, I remember her vividly in, in that. She was very, very uh, intriguing character. Uh, in a two-parter on that um she played someone called claire and it's sort of doctor who alert okay sort of so she appeared in something i've never heard of this is just from imdb i never even knew it was a thing apparently it was an animated online mini series from 2003 which was called doctor who shaffer or shafer i'm not sure how that's pronounced mm, no i'm not sure so ed online and it was paul mcgann as the doctor he okay. he um he voiced it uh, and she was again a character called Claire, and apparently it was a story. The story was a revisit of a lost story from Tom Baker's era. So one of the deleted stories, okay. they redid basically the story, but in animated form with Paul McGann's Doctor being the Doctor. So they just kind of tweaked it and brought the story. Right. Back. Okay. There is a story from the Tom Baker era called Sharda. Okay. That uh, you've seen the Five Doctors. I'm assuming. I you? have. Right. You know the Tom Baker scenes in The Five Doctors when he's on the boat and gets picked up mm. by the little... Yeah, that's actually footage from Sharda because Tom Baker refused to take part in the... Oh, yeah, you mentioned film. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was... I, I don't know if it was ever not filmed or ever not released or... I think it was like... Um, it might have been... I've I'm, I'm got, I'm, I'm got notes in front of me, but I think it might have been like a, a four-parter that only made three or a six-parter that only made four. Something like that. There was parts missing anyway. Because... Uh, not not because of like the, the tape erasing that the BBC did back in the 60s and 70s. It was because of production strikes uh, and BBC staff going on strike. So the filming just halted. So I think it is Sharda. I think I've just written okay. Schaefer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking now... And I have found an image of Paul McGann. It says Doctor Who Sharda. Ah, there we go then. Yep. yep. I just said it wrong. There yeah, you go. It. So, yeah. So, so your Sharda, knowledge yeah. filled in the lack of my knowledge. <laughs> there yeah, go. there that's you go. That, that's, that's, that, when you said Tom Baker's story, not not <laughs> about or not, I'm thinking, because uh, his stuff was much later than the, the BBC tape wiping time of like the Patrick Trayton era. Right. So. Yeah, Sharda is the only one I think they actually had issues with because, of, like I said, the the strikes in the in the seventies. Well, apparently well. it was redone yeah. in animated form with uh, Paul McGann. I love Paul McGann. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I'm I decided the other day that I'm going to catch up on some of his audio adventures because now I never used to like that kind of stuff, but now I'm into podcasts and stuff. I think yeah, now's the time to uh, to get into that because I love it. Every time he rocks up for like thirty seconds, he just steals the show. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so we're not talking about that. Uh, you've got your own <laughs> podcast to talk about Doctor Who. Um, this is uh, opening up with a big, lovely house. Mm-hmm. And again, it's quite dark evening. 
Um, and very quickly, we've got Michael and Barbara that we just discussed in front of the TV. There's some cheering going on the TV, and they look quite conflicted. And he says he's not sure, and he asks, we need to think it through. And it's all quite tense already, quite quickly. Yeah. We don't know what they're talking about. Um, I'm going to move quite fast because a lot happens in a short period of time. Yes. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of talking happens in a short period of time. Uh, next, we're in a baby's room. Um, word of that creepily. And there's a young girl trying to get a baby to sleep. And then we quickly flack, flick back again <laughs> with very little context so far. And we've got the couple again saying they've had the same conversation for weeks. I'm sure they said that. Because I right. wrote it down when they said it. Um, and he's really pushing that they have to do it. And she says um, that they won't be able to live with themselves afterwards. And he says he can do it. And so far, what the hell is going on through your mind? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea. I mean, the, the, the synopsis for all the episode, for this episode is literally a case of they kill the babysitter. But that's all you get, isn't it? Like when it, yeah. you know, you look online or anything like that, that that's the synopsis of the show. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, they're talking about whether they're going to bump this lass off, aren't they? Yeah. That's kind of pieced it together for me on the premise of what I'd read on the synopsis before. I, I didn't even look, try and find out anything about the show. I literally just Googled what was next to make sure mm-hmm. I was putting the right DVD in. And that was the first line of, of the, of the description. So I'm thinking, okay, I know that the baby babysitter in theory is going to get bumped off here. Mm-hmm. They're obviously debating this, but again, it's similar to other moments from previous episodes we've looked at. You really feel like you've been dropped into the middle of something. There's no build-up yeah. or anything like that. It's just a case of, okay, you're you're literally stepping into that moment in these people's lives mm-hmm. with no context, are you? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that made it unique at the time was the fact that, like we said, it's from the killer's point of view, but you're right. You are building up that image with the killer. So mm-hmm. you, in the first two episodes, you know, the murder – well, in the first episode, the murder happened straight away. In the second episode, we saw the murder had already taken place, and then we yeah. kind of built up to it differently. And here, you know, we're quite quickly into it, and then it's building up the story in the background after the fact, which is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a roundabout way to do it because usually, you know, there might be a murder early on, but then you've got you normally do it from the detective's point of view, and they're trying to piece together the puzzle. Yeah. Um, this way, we as the viewer are piecing it together. <laughs> um, with them so we go back to the girl she put the baby to sleep she heads downstairs that's when it's confirmed that she's a babysitter if we weren't already sure and the couple are going to a pub quiz at half eight um she says her name which was dana Dana. Uh, dana's not really been in much before after she had a couple of bit parts i've not really done a big bit about her Uh, she turns around and then very quickly michael creeps up behind her and stabs her in the back yeah and there's this weird kind of uh, not, not even an exchange because they're not talking but dana and the the wife in this scenario uh, are looking at each other before the stabbing actually happens mm. and it's almost like she's trying to say i'm sorry but the words that don't actually leave her her mouth at all and yeah. then yeah bang knife in the back done <laughs> yeah and it, he he stabs her twice i believe um leaves the uh, leaves the knife in her back and then we get this quite Creepy imagery. Barbara, his wife, screams, as uh-huh. he probably would. Um, and then we get this quite creepy imagery of the house from the outside again with the lullaby yeah. from the mobile, not the mobile phone, from the baby's <laughs> mobile playing. Yeah. And then you get this kind of juxtaposition of the 
the baby laying asleep in his cot and then it flashes to the dead girl. What did you think of that kind of imagery? I think it's it's supposed to be quite jarring, isn't it? Because mm. you're putting that, that sort of uh, innocent infant music and the fact that you know that there is a very small child asleep, but yards away, this horrific thing has happened. I think that was quite a clever, a clever little, uh, 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 oh, I can't forget the, can't forget the bloody word. A, a clever little trick, I guess, that they use mm. here to, I suppose, remind you that the child is there, first of all, because I, I initially forgot completely, even though she's there to babysit, <laughs> yeah. I, complete, I completely forgot the child was there. I forgot and then several my, times. Yeah, and my, my thoughts then instantly turn to, okay, that's happened. They then start talking about what they're going to do next. But then my, my whole mindset was literally about the child. Because I'm right. thinking there's there's no way they can do anything other than leave that baby alone in the house. Mm. Yeah, and I think also it's played on a little bit more later on. But you can see that she's quite young, this babysitter. Mm-hmm. We find out later that she's 19 years old. So I think yeah. that not only is it the just position or whatever, I don't know if I'm using that word right. I've said it and it sounded cool. So I kept saying it Yeah. Um, <laughs> of the, of the innocent baby asleep and the dead body, but it also, it's kind of, you know, she's kind of, it's, well, we don't know, but she seems innocent at this point. Mm. You know, she just seems like a young girl. Um, and you're right. They, they discuss very quickly. They start going back and forth um, as in the, the wife and the husband, Michael and Barbara about the fact that it just happened. Um and the fact that Michael uh, runs to the kitchen and he's washing his hands and they're having a bit of an argument about it. And she's screaming at him that he shouldn't have done it. And he says, we spoke about it. And it's, it's a, I'll be interested to know your, your thoughts because they go on a little while with this. Mm-hmm. You know, he says it's going to be okay. And she says, you know, why did he do it? And it'll be fine. Take a breath. And it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But this conversation one way or another happens a lot throughout the show. Yes. Um, originally, if you can think back, what did you think about this kind of exchange? Because he's, he's washing his hands, and at one point she says to him, there's nothing on your hands. Mm. And at this time, he, he I don't think I've even mentioned, he's really been the driving force behind this. Yeah. He said to her, we need to do this. She was the one unsure. Now, in this situation, he's going, look, we had to do it. We're in this together. We're now going to cover this up. And She's unsure. And he's going, look, she keeps saying you did it and he keeps coming back with we did it <laughs> that was a big thing for me because i mean as we as we talk about the episode and run through what happens and, and the way the characters alter i guess this is still very much first impressions for me and, and anyone else who's watching i guess because it's very mm. early on in the episode he comes across very desperate already very much almost quite calculated in a way saying i have to do this almost like almost like his hand has been forced to to, yeah. to murder this young girl for whatever reason we don't we don't know as yet no the wife is very unsure but seems like she's going along with it because her husband is is relatively convincing mm-hmm. but the way he was always bringing it back around to them to as a pair as opposed to just saying, you know, and the other day he he crept up behind her and drove a knife in her back. He he killed yeah. her. Whether she knew knew it was going to happen or not, he was the one who because he didn't have to, he could have still not done it. Mm. But but he is very quick on every occasion he can in the early parts of the episode to make it a we thing as opposed to just a him thing. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's it's um, 
and like you say, it plays into it later on. It's quite, it's quite mm. interesting uh, dynamic. Like you say, he's very much a driving force. He said it was a one once in a lifetime opportunity. So have to think it through. Um, she's a bit of a wreck at this point already because yeah. oh, you would be. You've just seen your yeah, husband stab a young girl to death. Um, uh, and she, she makes a comment which. She makes a comment, which is, why did she take so long to die? Mm, yeah. And that's, I don't, I think it might be one of my favorite lines in this, because I'm not sure it was necessary. Right. But it was just, for me, it was it was an added bit of um, imagery. Because we, we saw that it took her a while, but it just, that the fact that she focused on that bit. Yeah. It was just an, an added little detail that you wouldn't have got in the last episode. Um, it's just an added little detail for me um, of how her mind works. I don't know why that stood out to me. I don't know if it did to you. I, I, no, I really liked it as well because, again, to me, it comes. It adds to the the husband. Mike is Michael, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The husband, Michael. He is the driving force at this time. His wife is going along with it. It seems at this point that's that's the that's the dynamic we're we're, we're mm-hmm. witnessing anyway. And it seems that even though he is saying we've spoke about this, we've discussed this, we've had this conversation several times, which are lines that are thrown in quite a bit early on, even with that sort of, mm. I don't know, the correct term, even with that preparation in mind, I guess, she still was 100% not ready. She was not ready to see the girl get stabbed because of you could see her reaction, how emotional and how much of a wreck she was. And then yeah. actually the girl dying in front of her, she was not ready for that either. And I think that line there really you know, throws that in front of you straight away. She was not prepared at all for what, what was about, well, what she witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I thought it was an, a, a good extra little line for the record. Mm. The, the writer of this episode was once again, credited to the creator of the show, Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Barry. Uh, Horowitz. It, it's, not, it's, not Barry <laughs> it's not Barry Horowitz, um, uh, which was the, was the, uh, he is the creator of the series and he was the writer of the episode one as well, which we mm-hmm. both very much enjoyed, which was teacher. Um, so they get, they go on a little bit more. He snaps at her. She asks what they're going to do now. He says, they have to make it look like a break in, um, but they have to do it quickly because it's already eight fifteen, And this is where her brain suddenly goes to where yours went to, which is we're not still going, are we? Yeah, see, that was something else as well. That was another, the same as saying, why did it take her so long to die? Mm. The fact that he has, Michael has stabbed Dana. And, you know, they're having this big conversation, this big argument back and forth. And then they're talking about, you know, he's saying about going to the pub quiz still, and everything's got to stay the same, everyone's got to be normal. She still has not obviously fought this all the way through because she mm. is shocked that he is still thinking about going out and obviously then leaving the child. And, and that I thought was quite interesting because, again, it kind of showed the, the the sort of preparation, I guess, Michael had in his mind. He had already fought certain aspects through, but mm. Barbara hadn't. She, it was almost like she couldn't get past the act itself, never mind thinking about what was going to come after it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And, you know, I suppose... Like you say, he he's his brain's gone completely in the direction of well, we've got to go out. Yes, and she's thinking about the baby as as you think he would. But mm. I've never stabbed a girl, so I don't know. Scottish Danny, let us know. Yeah, but I've never. Um, <laughs> I've not got that experience. Um, so they start to trash the place. I'm not going to lie; they start trashing the place. My sister's house looks worse than that before. 
a robbery. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it didn't make much of a mess, did they? No, really. they were quite um, gentle. Uh, yeah, and and the stuff they took as well to make it look like a robbery. It would. It was almost like. I mean, she was humming and ahhing about a pair of earrings at one point, weren't she? So mm. again, it, again, it's another little touch that makes me think he is prepared for this. She is not because she's like, well, what about this? I don't want to get rid of this. And he's like, well, you've got to. It's got to look like a robbery. It's another yeah. touch that makes you think perhaps she's not thought this all the way through. And I think I watched it. Obviously, I've watched it before. You haven't. You haven't seen it before. So no. I I remembered what the motive was. So I watched from a slightly different point of view. So I'm not going to say what the motive was now. But when she says these were anniversary present, he said, we'll just buy you some more. Mm. That was like, okay, that's a little sprinkle that they put in there for you to try and piece this together. I think there yeah. was a couple of fake sprinkles along the way <laughs> right uh, which threw you threw you off really um but that was one i thought was i thought that was what the point of that was um with her mentioning them um so yeah so um they still talk about it for a little bit longer she can't look at uh dana and they discuss and agree with um leaving the baby on their own she's obviously not not a fan of that, but he no. he again drives and convinces her that there's no other way to do it really, um, and he keeps again saying, "Think about why we did it," and she says, "You did it," and he goes, "We did it," and again, I think we're going to get to a point in this podcast where I'm not going to be, I'm not going to relay what their conversation was. I'll just no, say no, as no, 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 uh, yeah. previous. So <laughs> the first time you did watch it, did you have what? What were your thoughts the first time you watched it and you didn't know the motive? What were you thinking at this point? I'll be honest. I'm not sure I can remember because it was a long time. It's probably 2007. Okay. I don't think I don't think this is one that I saw in 2001. I don't think I, it was. Uh, I think I only saw a handful of them then. I think this is when I got the DVD in 2007. So if I'm honest, I'm not sure. I I think my first instinct on the rewatch when I couldn't remember was probably a fair. Yeah, I was thinking that I had two two possibilities pop in my head and one of them was that yeah yeah i think that's probably what i was thinking um but as time went on you kind of go well no it it can't be there must be money involved somewhere because they kept talking about money Mm. um what about you what was going through your head then initially because again again the the episode's called motive so you know that's Mm. the that's the mystery to this isn't it Initially, my first thoughts are the same as you. There's been some form of an affair, and that's why this girl has to go. Because, again, the, filling in the blanks I didn't get to, that's just where my mind went to straight away. Mm. The second one, I don't know why I thought this at all, but the second one went to some form of witness protection program. And, okay. And they were part of the witness protection program, and this girl was potentially going to expose them for who they really are or something. Well, that would have been better. And they were talking about, well, they were talking later on in the episode, they start talking about moving away and stuff like this. And yeah, and escaping. Just, and... and we can disappear. And all that. And that's why my mind went that way. But, I mean, it was, it was only like a passing thought, but that's kind of yeah. where it went to, yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Mobsters just rocking up out of the blue. Like, yeah, get on the phone to Barry. Say, listen, Barry, we need to yeah. redo this. <laughs> Go back. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so she leaves for the pub after that. There's lots of tension going on between them. She leaves for the pub, for the pub quiz. He goes back into the house, and already he's getting images 
and flash in the mm. dark. And this is where we see, I don't know if it's a mask slip so much because he didn't seem in control, I wouldn't say, this whole time. He no. still seemed a bit edgy, but this is where he was, I'd say, he was the driving force. And as soon as his wife left and he went back into the house, this is where his face sort of changes and he gets this image of Dana mm -hmm. uh, and this flashback of just killing her. And um, did you did you pick up on that immediately, that his, his demeanor yeah. changed a little bit? Yeah, I felt that he was... I mean, ultimately, he's just killed someone. So you've got to be mm. a proper cold-hearted psycho bastard to have, for it to have no effect on you whatsoever, haven't you? Mm. But he was... It came across initially like he was in autopilot. In his head, he had yeah. a plan. And the plan was make it look like a robbery. Go mm -hmm. to the pub quiz still. And even with him saying, you go down there and say, I've gone into work for a short time. He, is he has these details planned out in his mind already. And it's almost like he is taking control because his wife is becoming a bit of a mess. Yeah. And I, I felt that... I mean, that was the dynamic that I first picked up on. But as soon as the door was shut and his wife had left, and Michael kind of loses the plot a touch it then became apparent to me that he was holding it together because he had to, because she was such a state. It was almost yeah. like he had, to, he had to almost take control. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, um, it was the first sort of time we saw that really. Uh, she goes to the pub quiz, gets there late. Um, I've written, they have a bit of banter. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you the first nice. thing that happens when they walk in that pub, she walks in, sits down and, and the, her husband's, words are still ringing in her ears no doubt everything yeah. has to still look the same so she sits down and orders a completely different drink to normal what a knobhead <laughs> yes and you know and they're all going oh 10 points deducted because you're late yeah yeah they're all having a bit of a jolly old time aren't they um now doctor who alerts okay for the pub I've got these. I've got these written down. Bear with me. I'm going to go back. Okay. So we have got in that pub, there is Sam Goodhue, who we uh, deal with a little bit more later on. Uh, I won't, no, won't spoil on that just yet. But Sam Goodhue is played by someone called Christopher Driscoll. Okay. And it's a Doctor Who alert. He was in Series 2, Episode 7 of New Who, which was the Idiot's Lantern, as what I presume was a major character called Security Guide. Ah, okay, yes, I there knew him. <laughs> He's also been in Minder, so there's a little bit of that. Uh, Lovely. Quizmaster Derek. Oh, Derek, you talk like that, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. I don't know very, if he was in your neck of the woods or if I'm yeah, being yeah. absolutely <laughs> more Cornwall, really. I don't um, know. No, I, I picked up sort of Bristol, Gloucestershire kind of, yeah. It was a bit, wasn't there? There's a bit yeah. of uh, Bristol going on in this series at the moment, so let's, let's say that. Quizmaster Derek is a Doctor Who alert, Stephen Wickham, and it's not only Doctor Who, it's the first from Classic Who. Oh, okay. So he was a background guy as a soldier in a story that you covered in Series 1 of the Doctor Who pod, which was the Caves of Adrazani. Okay. So he was just a background character, one of the soldiers in that. Uh, yeah. And then he popped up again for two more episodes in the same series within the Twin Dilemma story as a gastropod. Right, yeah, so he's actually worked, that'd be two different doctors then, wouldn't it? Because that was Peter yeah. Davidson and Colin Baker, I think. Yeah, so big big characters so far. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got um, another one in there as well, uh, who is played by John Croft, and he's also classic Who. Uh, he's in three episodes of a Pertwee story that I actually watched the other week, which is uh, The Demons as Tom Girton, 1971. Okay. 
I haven't seen that for decades. That's yeah. got that's the, got the master in it, hasn't it? Yes. Yes. So there you go. Wasn't that oh, really yeah. interesting? I love it, mate. I, again, I absolutely love it. When, when Dan Griffin on the Dot Two Pod sort of says this person was in Everton Who as well, all that yeah. sort of stuff. I bloody love it. <laughs> um, so we quickly go back to the house, and uh, Mike's shoved the bloody knife that he pulls out of her back and puts it in a bag. I've written all of his shit. Mm. I, I take your just... note seriously, Sai. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, why? Why have you took the knife out? Uh, I, I wasn't. Obviously, that becomes a thing later on because mm. the, the knife disappears with other stuff. His other shit, as you say. And mm. um, but my initial thought was, why would you do that? Because my instincts—not that I ever killed anyone—obviously, but my instincts would be to not take the knife. Yeah. Because what surely, do you normally do, Danny? Yeah, yeah Dan. Let us know, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I just wouldn't even think of it. If I, if I, if that's the situation you're in, and he's obviously losing the plot a touch, mm. he's obviously you know he's, he's he's getting to him that this this horrible thing has happened. Why would I wouldn't even go near the body? It freaked me out too much. And he takes the knife out, which in theory, I imagine, would mean a lot more blood. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you could like I say, I, I think you can put it down to the fact that he's panicking. Yeah, I think much like the previous episode where um, Phil Mitchell started wiping down the coffee mug, the coffee container in his own house. In his own house. Like, yeah. Why are you wiping down your own coffee yeah. canister? It might have been a writing mistake, but I think it was a character trait that he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. And I think that, again, they are showing, because Michael so far, we're only a few minutes in, and Michael yeah. so far has been portrayed as driving force behind the murder. And he's telling her, I've got a plan, I've got it sorted. And I think this might be showing that, no, he doesn't. He doesn't no. know what he's doing. He's another hint towards, her. Yeah, another hint towards that would be the fact that he, he's murdered a girl in his own house. And it, obviously his prints are going to be on stuff in his own house. Yeah. But I would be thinking, I'd wear gloves. Yeah. Just a, a just that that's me would be a natural thing to do. Wear gloves mm-hmm. if you're going to knife someone. You know, it's... <laughs> Especially if it's been planned for a long time, which at this point we think it has been. Yeah. 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 Um, so he takes a bag and he throws it in a river, as you would, and some Nosy Parker over it and spots him. Who says Nosy Parker? Well, he was. To be fair, he was a Nosy Parker. <laughs> he was a bit of a Nosy Parker, wasn't yeah. he? He spots him and he, it's a, he actually goes down to a little bridge to the river and throws a bag in. Doesn't really look around him to see if there's anyone there. And this old no. boy just pops out of the bushes and goes, he just has a little look. And sees the car drive away. Um, can't be fly tipping in the old fishing river. <laughs> the thing as well is, obviously that river is not far from his house because no. he is he is supposed to be going from his house to work and then to the pub in in his um, his version of events of what happens that evening. So we can't be driving a long, long distance to dispose of you know evidence. I guess mm-hmm. he's not. Yeah, and- He's not Good done point. anything to make to make sure that it's sank or gone away or anything like that. He's literally just drove to the nearest bit of water, to, you know, to his property, and lobbed the evidence in there and just buggered off. He's he's clearly not thought this bit through. No, not at all. Um, he hasn't thought any of it through. It, it, it's becoming quite apparent. Mm. Uh, he finally, I've written, finally rocks up at the pub. My terminology. What, what year am I in? <laughs> <laughs> um, He's used the excuse that he had to do some of his VAT returns. And he says, Dana sends her love. Mm. Now, that already is 
you know, a bit cold. But when you find out who he said it to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit dark. Initially, um, when he said Dana sends your, sends her love, I'm thinking, oh, she must just know everyone then, because you don't yeah. know the, the the link to the people on the other table, do you? No, exactly. She's just you know one of the girls like from the pub mm. or something, yeah. Um, and it, you get the idea quite quickly from the fact that they go to a pub quiz every few weeks or whatever, that they're a little bit of a small town community and you get yeah. that idea quite quickly. So, um, uh, I've put, he's turning it on pretty well, but she's suspect as a, a F. I've written. Oh, she's not, she's just staring into, she's doing the old dot cotton stare, isn't she? Like in EastEnders, <laughs> when, when anything ever, ever bad happens in EastEnders, people just stare at the wall or at the window for ages. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what she's doing. And she gets yeah. asked a really, really simple, straightforward question on the quiz and can't answer it and all this sort of, it's just like, come on. What was this? What was the question? It was something about, um, um the, Bible, the, animal first, in the Bible. Yeah. No, the first animal in the alphabet. Oh, in the so alphabet. I thought it was yeah, in the so Bible. No, it's naturally aardvark, isn't it? Cause it's double A. So and I'm thinking yeah, my kids would know that. And she's just like, Oh, I can't concentrate. It's like, come on, get your shit together. Love. You're going to get caught. I would have got it wrong because I would have got it wrong because I thought you said who what was the first animal in the Bible? I'm like snake, snake. <laughs> <laughs> New Testament or Old Testament? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, could you imagine if they asked that question on the pub quiz? What's the first animal in the alphabet? And I said snake. <laughs> Honestly, if that anything ever happens that daft, I would hope to be there. <laughs> Um, and then we get this this quick image of the baby mm. in his room on his own crying. That was horrible. Um, yeah, and I, I think, do you know what? I haven't, I have watched it. I watched it last year, but I don't know that I really focused that much. <laughs> um, I first watched this, say, probably in 2007, when obviously at that, at that time, uh, I say obviously, I wasn't a dad at that time. Yeah. Um, I've got a five-year-old and a four-year-old. Um that hits a bit differently as a dad than it did when I watched yeah. it as a teenager. Uh, yeah, that's really dark. That's a very dark moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the same as playing the, the, the mobile music and the camera angle from outside the house. It's, it's trying to get that similar kind of vibe to it, isn't it? I think. And I think the mobile music as well was creepy because kids are creepy, aren't they? Yeah, they can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> me and me and Sai, uh, I, I guessed it on Sai's uh, the Doctor Who pod, which you can find on SJP World Media, uh, when we do. talked about the um, uh, Chris Rexon story, and there was a child's room with creepy ass uh, kids drawings and all this kind yep. of stuff. Kids can be creepy; they can room. be one hundred percent, one hundred percent. My lad, when he was very young, used to sleepwalk. Oh. And and I just you know we had a, a not this house I'm living in now a different house I come out of the bathroom and he used to be stood in the hallway his head would be slightly tilted to one side and he'd just be staring at you oh god <laughs> and you'd just be like okay mate go go back to bed then <laughs> and he'd just turn around and just slowly skulk off like some sort of weird you know oh Jesus zombie in Ben Ten pajamas sort of thing you know so- <laughs> <laughs> that's undercut the creepiness. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got me then. I was feeling a bit unnerved, and then when I've just got his image of him in his little green Ben Ten pajamas, yeah, yeah, kind of killed it really. Um, so he he points out afterwards that the police are going to ask about them. Um, they were off form on the pub quiz. I'm not sure that that really matters. Um, she said that she's never seen him like this, or she'd hope not. No, 
Yeah. Uh, you get like this every other Tuesday. What do you get up to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that was a weird comment to make. Um, I keep buying you a new rucksack as well every other week. Where do they go? <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the fucking river. <laughs> um, she says that we shouldn't have done it. Well, she says you shouldn't have done it. And he says we shouldn't have done it. You should have stopped me. Um, and you didn't. And say this is now the third conversation of that kind of ilk so moving yeah. on from hit this moment when yeah, they have a conversation like that i will say as per previous yes exactly because <laughs> it, it gets repetitive doesn't it it does so uh i've written that we get to the house and he says it's strange there's no light on and she freaks and he says no no, no we need to act this out because when he first did that i was like well, what have i missed that someone gone in the house because the baby yeah. well, last thing we saw the baby was crying so i thought watching that someone's heard the baby cry and they've gone into the house mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was and a really the, weird thing for him to say as well but what, what he the follows baby it out with, and, yeah yeah but then he follows it up with no we've got to act this out mm. and actually that's very logical yeah that makes sense yeah to to play out this whole scenario so yeah. that when the police ask you know how to answer that question mm-hmm. um take notes danny take notes um <laughs> Scott, poor Scottish Danny. He's lovely. Uh, he's <laughs> one of the happy, happiest, happiest little podcasters you'll ever will meet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they act it all out, and then they we cut quickly to them recounting their uh, story to the detective. Um, it makes it even darker at this moment because this is when we realise that the guy that bought him a pint in the pub, Sam, that we spoke about, mm-hmm. is her dad. Is Dana's dad. Yeah, and it's uh, somebody who works with him as well. So it's yep. you know, it's not just he employs him. Just, yeah, yeah, it's not just a make down the boozer, is it? It's uh, it, it's you know, somebody he sees literally every day. Yeah, and and he bought him a pint, cheeky mm. bastard. Yeah, oh, that's she said, bastard. no, 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 I'll get these. Do you know yeah. what I mean? At least you can do, isn't it? Uh, yeah, your daughter's bleeding out on my on my <laughs> you know carpet, mate. I'll get you a pint. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then she's like <laughs> double gin, mate. Like behave yeah. yourself. <laughs> You'll have a single at best, cheeky bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so DCI Edwards is his name, and he's played by David Ross. Now, did you recognise David Ross? There's no I, I real can't... reason you should recognise his face. Uh, I don't know. I can't really place it. So he, his biggest claim to fame, I would say, is that he was the original Crichton in Red Dwarf. Okay. So the first episode, Crichton, where he had that weird sort of sex doll get up yeah yeah <laughs> that was this guy that was david ross uh, and he also right, does okay. the voice to talkie the toaster in red dwarf right do you remember talkie the toaster not really i have watched oh, red dwarf, great. that doesn't ring a bell he's a talking toaster and okay. lister hates him because he's obsessed with bread products <laughs> and he will say can i get you some toast no i don't want any toast what about a crumpet no i don't want any bread products oh yeah no, i remember this i yeah, remember this over yeah. and over. So that's david ross um he was also in green green grass which was that awful spin-off to only fools and horses yeah i remember that um and i've also written that i met him once which is true okay. i met him when i was at school and we went behind the scenes <laughs> you, to a you met him you met him when him. you stabbed the babysitter and he's <laughs> yes, like, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> sorry go on, on what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was very nice i met him when i was probably 13 12 13 and where was and it sorry he was in he was in a production of Of Mice and Men. Okay. In the Colchester I want to say Colchester Mercury Theatre. It might have been a closed down one. 
Um, small production. It was just our school that went. Uh, to my knowledge, I think it was. And we went backstage afterwards and met some of the cast members. Don't remember any of them, really, apart from him. Yeah, right. Because right. I remember reading in the little pamphlet thing that he was talking the toaster. I was like, oh, my God, it's talking the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was marking out for talky. You should um, have turned up with your toaster from home and going to sign it. I didn't know till I got there. Uh, Otherwise, I would have had my Series 2 DVD. Yeah. No, I don't think I had that. Oh, I might have done at that age. I might have done. I've had my little DVD when they when they used to have the uh, the extras on it, and you had to turn the discs around. Right. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's um, they they recount it all back to the uh, the detective, um, and um, they say that uh, they, we get into the background a bit. They build boats, or he builds mm. boats. Um, I've written, Donna was about to watch Casualty. I don't know why I've zoomed in on that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I suppose that puts it very specific time-wise, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that was a ploy uh, I've seen by detectives. Obviously, we're looking at this from the view from the killer, aren't we? But there, there, certain detective shows from around that time, the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, they would always ask, what did you watch on TV that night? Oh, uh, yeah. And then I don't know what program it was, but I, rem- I can vividly remember a, a lady detective looking in the TV guide, the old magazines you used to get mm-hmm. to see what time that program was on to try and piece together a timeline for a suspect. That sounds like a murder she wrote type deal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Rest her, bless her. Passed away not long ago, didn't she? Um, yeah, so they, um, this is where they. I think she starts to cock up already because she says to the detective something along the lines of there's not many break-ins and, you know, that's worried her. And there's a brief pause. And what I liked about this person, I'll ask you what you think about it. This this show so far as we found out in the first two episodes, they do cram a lot, although there's some repetitiveness in this one, they do cram a lot into an hour. Mm-hmm. So they keep the pace moving and they keep stuff moving. So sometimes a brief pause is quite obvious. Yes, because you don't often get a pause for breath. So she made that comment, and the detective paused and looked at her a bit odd. And I took that straight away to mean, why are you focusing on the fact that you've been robbed and not the fact that this girl's has been murdered? Mm. And there's a lot of their language, which is very deflective of the murder. She asks him if they can stay there that night, and he said, mm, but surprised that you would want to. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, you wouldn't, would you? And even there's a bit very briefly in that time where Michael almost smiles. He gives him a little bit of a smile, like a nervous sort of little smile when they're talking about things. And it's, it's they're trying so hard not to think about the murder. This is how I read it. They're trying so hard not to think about what they've done and trying to cover their tracks. They're not acting like people. (laughs) No, that's right. That's right. There's, um, there's also some moments as well when they refer to, the people they're trying to point the blame at here as the burglars mm. as opposed to the killer. And I think that yeah, that stood out point. massively to me. That really stood out. I thought, That's a really strange thing to say. They're really focusing on the burglary part mm. and they're almost trying to ignore the fact someone just got killed in their house because yeah. they're trying to deflect the, it's quite, I think that's quite well written. I think that's quite an interesting little yeah. piece. And um, you're right, deflect is spot on. That is exactly what I picked up they were trying to do. They're trying to talk more about the burglary than they are the murder itself. 
which is, if, if anything, just making them more suspect. Yeah. Because why would you? They're not acting I, sort of usual, would you? This copper's good as well, mind. He's he, he, he's obviously of a certain age, and he's been around the block a few times by the looks of it. I think mm. he already has an idea about what's happened, even at this early stage. Yeah, and throughout, um, I'll say now what I've, I've thought with him. So throughout, he comes across almost bumbling. Not he just He's like a friendly old boy, isn't he? And he's got that lovely little accent, whatever that accent is. Yeah. And he's just he's just sort of bumbling along. He's like, oh, really? What do you think about this? Oh, really? And he's kind of very friendly. And then when you get into a later scene, he's very direct. And he's like, no, no, game's over. He he is evidence gathering, and he's taking in everything people say, and he's very switched on. And I think he plays the role well, actually. Yeah, I thought he was great. It's almost Columbo-esque, isn't it? That kind of bumbling kind of... <laughs> like a Cornwall Columbo. Yeah, Cornwall that. Columbo. <laughs> Should have made that series. Yeah. David Ross robbed. <laughs> I definitely watched that. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I've written there about everything we just said about what she was saying. Um, and I've written that he's also trying so hard to not be suspicious. He even smiles at them at one point, which is what I just mentioned. Um, and then he goes with the detectives to tell the parents mm. of the murder. Because, th- again, this might have been a ploy on the detective's part because – the detective said, look, I think it will be better if you're with us because of that personal relationship. And that's not a usual police thing. No. And you could put it down to maybe, you know, the writer not knowing that. But actually, I think it was a, I read it as a ploy from this guy to see how's he going to react to me offering this. Yeah, exactly. And, and getting to uh, when you see the scene as well with Michael sat there, very unsympathetically rubbing his mate's arm, just going there, there, mm. mate, it'll be okay. So it's, it's daughter's just been stabbed man i mean he's, he's not really putting forward much emotion you can no. see the policeman the the detective watching on behind them and i think mm-hmm. again that was a very intentional shot he's watching over this guy and i think you're right i think it was done in a way to have a watch of him in this scenario because he already suspects in a similar way that when a kid goes missing and it, it, the real police will get the parents to do a press conference. When I mean, we've seen it in the past, like some of the famous crimes like with child murders and so on, and they put their parents in front of a press conference, mm-hmm. you know, but they already know it's the parents. They just want to put them in front of the press conference to just see how they react. And so I, th- I got that kind of a feeling from it. Yeah, yeah. And there was like the, uh, not, not a, a murder, thankfully, but there was the Shannon thing, mm. quite famously, wasn't there? Yes. Where they the family front of it, yeah. front of- and they did they literally did like a documentary thing as it yeah. was happening. And it was almost as if they were gathering evidence. And now they do use that, don't they, on mm. um, uh, on body language um, courses and that kind of stuff, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It's very clever. Yeah, it is, definitely. Um, then well, after this, we get a shot of them in bed. And she basically says that all she ever wanted was to get away. And this is probably when you were thinking about the um, police protection side. Um, and sometimes it feels like she's suffocating. Mm. And we, at, again, at this point, we don't know why that is. Uh, she's saying it to her husband, so presumably not about him. Um, but we're not quite sure what, what that is. And he says, we can get away with it. And he starts sort of snogging her. And again, he's sort of in control. She takes off. You know, she decides that she doesn't want to do that. Yeah. I find that a bit odd as well, mind. Because first of all, it shows the baby in the room. Mm. But the baby is still awake spans up the bed right and he's he's basically thinking i'm gonna get me end away you know 
the, the dead girl and the baby awake in the room isn't going to put this fella off. He's he's got he's, his mind is not on what's happened that day, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's a guy, isn't he? Yeah, he just he just yeah. thought, "Here's my in." <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry about the dead girl, love. <laughs> 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 um, next day, we've got a text again. I put moseying about. It was a bit of a mosey, wasn't it? He's having a little bit of a mosey about. Yeah. Um, and he brings up that the house uh, was for sale. And again, he's taking everything in. Mm. He's taking everything in. Um, he says, "What a lovely view they've got from the house." And all of this, right? Little comments are very intentional. Um, yes. I think because why basically he's planning? saying, why would you sell this lovely big house in front of the water? Mm. Is yeah. it money? Have you got a money issue? <laughs> that's yeah, basically that's what it. Was, uh, to be fair, it was a bloody good view, wasn't it? It was a very nice view. Yeah, I don't know what it's a view of because we've just worked out geographically. I've got no idea where that place is. And that's something else as well, actually, you think about it. It's got this massive... Oh, like, Yeah. <laughs> area of water at the back of it, like like the sea or he owns banks. yeah and yet he's, <laughs> he's, he's gone grown, down to the local village he's gone down to the local brook or stream and just you know well, he's effectively <laughs> chucked the murder weapon in a puddle you know that's what he's done <laughs> yeah. and he's got the best he's part in of it in front of the sea yeah it's like what are you what are you doing <laughs> i didn't even pick up on that i didn't even Nor did I until right now <laughs> Oh, have a yeah. word for yourself, Michael. That's Come a on. bit of an issue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that weren't great. Come on. Oh, I've got to find some water for this. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst he's sat on his boat smoking his pipe, what should I do? <laughs> Waves oh, lapping up around the side of him. I know, I'll go down the road to <laughs> <No>. that brook. <laughs> I suppose you'd have to go quite far out, as we discovered later. You have to go quite far out. He wouldn't yeah. really have the time. Maybe it was quicker. For- I mean, he could have just stashed it on the boat and dealt with it later. Could have just chucked some fucking bricks in there so it sank. I mean, that's solid logic, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Again, I'm not painting myself in a good light here. I'm not <laughs> all about doing this. I'm not. I'm not. How long out. have you been doing nitro nights with Scottish Danny? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it. It's his influence rubbing off me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, they go in, and he says, he, I, "I'm not sure it was a break-in after all. I can't do the accent because I don't know what accent it is." Um, <laughs> he said, "A few things just don't make sense. There's no." There's no um, forced entry, so it suggests that she knew the killer and let him in. Um, she was stabbed in the back, so she would have turned her back on that killer again, showing that she would have probably trusted them. Uh, and it was a kitchen knife that was used, and it's gone missing. So he's already he's piecing all these bits and putting the pressure on them. Mm. Yeah. And you can see them unraveling in that scene, can't you? Very, very mm. subtly, because obviously they don't want to give it away that they are unraveling or they are panicking. But you can see little touches, little glances between them as they're talking. And and this is where I think Barbara, the wife, talks more about it being a burglary than a murder. I think this yeah. is when that, that happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she keeps doing that. And he, he says, I don't know why they would take the word of weapon unless they were trying to protect you. And why would they do that? Mm. Mm. Um, so once he leaves, she gives him a right old rollicking about, <laughs> about getting rid of the knife. Um, they argue... As per previous, um, yeah. she does mention though that he's always got these half-brained ideas, like murder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're always fair. murdering folk. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, obviously we know later on what she's referring to—these half-brained yeah. ideas and schemes and so on. 
and this fits into one of those i guess because the motive is what we know the motive to be yeah. and the end the end game is i suppose similar to other schemes he's had just without the blood and the knives i suppose <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but again she says about it being half-brained plans and schemes that does take a few boxes with this because it's like he's thought of so many things but then there are other aspects to it he hasn't thought through Mm-hmm. So it is effectively a, a half-brained, half-thought-through idea to do what he did. He's he's just had this thought and thought, this is what I'll do, but then not thought mm. of the intricacies and all the little the little bits that mm. that could trip him up. He's like, yeah. right, I'm going to do this, get rid of the murder weapon, job done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll throw it in the stream um, and away we go. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then we see them on the yacht and it's completely different, you know, sort of uh, feel to it. And you think, oh, that's quite jarring. Mm. Um, they're suddenly quite happy on this yacht. And he goes, they have a little kiss, and they're nice and relaxed. And he, you know, because so far, all we've seen from these two is they're panicky. Both of them, in yeah. their own way, are quite panicky. He goes down, in. I put into the boat. I don't, I don't know boat speak. I don't He's gone know into boat the boat. Yeah. Um, My wife would know. Sharon would know. She watches that Below Deck program, so I bet she knows all the different areas of boats. Okay. The only, know, one I can think, the only one I can think of is poop deck because it makes me laugh. And when you, <laughs> when you said b- below deck, I'm like, ant? <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> we'll no, call it no. an ant. You went into yeah, the okay. ant um, <laughs> to get some champagne. Um, and then he sees Dana mm. and gets that flashback. And then she's bleeding uh, with the knife. And it, we work out it's a dream. He shoots up out of the bed screaming. And she basically goes, pack it in, knobhead. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this is where we're starting to see the slight change, isn't it, I think? Now he's starting to unravel a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and he's he's well, he's seeing these visions and, and so on, and it's getting... With him, with, with Michael, sorry, I found that the change from almost planning this and having having his shit together to completely losing it was like the flick of a switch. I don't think it was a very gradual or subtle change. I think it was quite dramatic. Okay. Whereas with Barbara, the wife, she almost goes the other way. She almost she almost compensates. At the beginning, she was unsure. When mm. her husband starts losing the plot, she starts to compensate for that and starts taking control herself. I thought her switch of character, for want of a better phrase, was a bit more... Natural. Uh, yeah, of an arc. It was a bit more, mm. you know, sort of slow paced and subtle. Whereas whereas the, the chap I thought was much more dramatic. It's interesting. I, I thought they were both on par, really, because okay. the, the reason I sort of thought that is because of the scene, one of the first scenes when she leaves the house and he looks panicked and he's already having this vision. Quite mm. early on, you can see he's not got this as he's telling her he has. Yeah. And straight away, you started to see a little bit of unravelling. He started to see his confidence wavering, and that's when he made the mistake okay, and took the knife yeah. out. So for yeah. me, I thought spoilers for what for the for the end really. I thought that the juxtaposition, whoa, that's a big word. Could barely <laughs> said it. Um, where at the beginning he's driving it and she is, you know, scared and upset and doesn't know what to do. And then you get this switch of the confidence, and now he's mm. a mess. She's not. I thought that worked really well. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not from saying, your no, standpoint, she, his, his was quite jarring and quite sudden. It, yeah, because it, I don't know if it was where I missed certain subtleties, where they were too clever with it. I don't know. But I found his switch or, or whatever mm. much more dramatic than hers. But okay. it didn't bother me. I'm not saying it's a negative. I think it did. Mm. I mean, it kind of 
I mean, it did that aspect for me did kind of work anyway, because it was almost like she got to a point of, okay, I can see now he's lost the plot. I have to take over. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you know, I think it still worked really well. Even like looking at it from that, from that standpoint I'm in. Mm. And she's like, we're in this now. We've got to, yes. now she's doubling down. Whereas he's now just riddled with guilt. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So, um, other than he's starting to, he's starting to break, uh, as we just talked about. So she's with her mum now and the police around. And she said that they were asking about them. It's disgusting. Anyone would think they were the criminals the way they were going on. And they were asking about the yard they work in. They were asking what she thinks of Michael. And she told them she's not a fan of him. Uh, classic mother-in-law. Yeah, of course. Absolutely threw him under the bus. Mm. It's a bit of a yeah, nod, to be honest. My wife's great, but I'll tell you what, he's got shifty eyes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> They're too close together. That's the problem. Have you seen how many knives he has in his rucksack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a new rucksack every week. Yeah. Dodgy is. He's always down by that river. Yeah. He lives next to the sea. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> they asked about the baby. Uh, what kind of baby he is? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, what, why do they? What's that about? <laughs> what kind of baby is he? Does he sleep through the night? Um, this was a, I don't know that this was a, this didn't need to be in there. No. It's a nitpick. We didn't need to be in there because no. proving that the baby sleeps through a lot, I don't think is proof of murder. No, no. I mean, it, ultimately they're, they're saying that the baby is a good sleeper, but mm. yet we also saw the baby wake up and it, different nights can be different things for different yeah, kids. It's like, I, yeah, I find it a bit odd. For me, at this point, when I first... I don't know about first watched it, but I know on my rewatch, I was I was thinking, there's there's going to be another twist come out. There's going to be a... There's going to be a witness. Because right. they showed us... I think maybe the first time I watched it, I didn't get his point about the light being turned off, and I was still mm-hmm. had that in the back of my mind. And the okay. fact that the baby woke up screaming, I thought, there must be a reason for that, outside of just, it's quite harrowing to hear a baby scream. Yeah. Um, at that time, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe someone heard the baby scream and they went into the house and that's why the light was off. So I was still expecting this, you know, is the baby a heavy sleeper because someone heard it scream, but mm. nothing ever comes of that. It's completely no, it doesn't. irrelevant question. Yeah. It, it maybe just... it was put in there on purpose to put us off. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Michael talks to the guys at the yard. His milkshake brought them all there. Um, <laughs> I haven't got that written down. My brain just went milkshake things with the voice of the eye. It works. <laughs> yeah. Um, about Sam's daughter dying in his house, and he's got to live with that. But never mind. Let's crack on. Let's make mm. some boats. Yeah, it, <laughs> we're, we're very busy. For, but bloody yeah. hell, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's just get on with it now. It's been a couple of weeks. Not yeah. had a few more yet. Let's keep going. Let's crack on. It's like, come on, mate. And then he sees her again. He's yep. try- again, I do like this. I'm being facetious about it, but he is trying so hard to be Mr. Innocent that mm-hmm. he's making himself so obvious. Yeah. Because again, he's been so hard of like just dismissing the death. Yeah. It's quite childlike in a way, isn't it? Mm. You know, when when you know your kid has done something wrong, I'm not saying murder, obviously, but when you, <laughs> you, you know, you know your kid has done something wrong and you're asking them and they're going extra detailed into why it couldn't be them. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is a bit much. You you blatantly had that chocolate, you little shite. You know, yeah. so- <laughs> my, my daughter's my my daughter's unicorn ate some chocolate cake the other day. Ah, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> a unicorn's called Lucy Jakes, just for the record. Okay. Lucy she's Jakes. got a little one, which is Lucy, either Lucy Jakes' daughter or right. Lucy Jakes' uh, friend, depending on what day of the week it is. It's okay. called Jakey Luce. Ah, right. Okay. Makes sense. So there, there's the imagination that runs through my family. Lucy um, Jakes, the, the cake thief. Yeah, Lucy Jakes and Jakey <laughs> Luce. Yeah. Um, this I thought was odd. So we're at the funeral, mm. and Sam's giving them a bit of grief. Yeah. Uh, Sam, the dad. And they, they go, well, we didn't do it. She was our friend. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was, again, uh, it's just, I know that they're, tr- they're trying to write it in a way, I, I assume anyway, I don't know for a fact, but they're trying to write it in a way where, as you've explained, there are certain moments where they're making themselves look guilty by trying mm. to be so innocent. Here, I don't know if that was what they were going for, but it did not come off at all, did it? They just looked stupid. Yeah, th- this this was the this was the one sort of misstep, I think, in that mm. line. I think it was been quite clever up to a point. This was a little bit on the nose, uh, I thought, because it because the way that they did it as well, even the way that they performed it and everything. I'm not saying they performed it badly, but the way they performed it was like, well, we didn't kill him, and Sam just yeah. stood there like, oh, all right, all right, yeah. I'd have been like, that was an odd thing to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Step outside. Let's talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Sam's obviously um, got other things on his mind at this point, but you know. Yeah. It was, a, I put it as a weird conversation. Um, then we got the funeral. And again, it points out that she was young, you know, that she was 19. They talk about the fact that she went to her first, um, you know, she, she was first there at her christening and it doesn't even yeah. feel that long ago. Um, this, what did you think of this funeral scene? Because I thought this was excellent. Yeah, I think it's very good because, again, it's all you're almost in Michael's head, aren't you? With how mm. he's starting to lose the plot a bit, and he's a bit shifty, a bit sweaty. He's quite nervous. And he's on edge. He's just had this odd exchange with with the father of the girl he has killed, mm-hmm. and the vicar, as he's talking, starts talking about the crime in itself, but it's again all in Michael's head, isn't it? Yeah. You can hear all these whispers of you killed her. You did this. Yeah. yeah. And it's obviously that, I mean, it's, it's obvious anyway by this point, but this really slaps you around the face, but not in a way that flame did with certain things. This really is like a, okay, here you go. Here's losing the plot. Line. Yeah. He's lost it. By this yeah. Point. Yeah. I, I really, I really like this scene. I thought this was really, really good to be honest. Um, He's to say he's got all these different voices and all this stuff. Uh, afterwards, um, she has a go at him again. She tells him to sort himself out because he's was sort of shifting about all over the place. And mm. I'm not being funny. If shifting about and twitching about in your seat is a, a form of guilt, I would be on number one list for every <laughs> murder in my area. They see me sitting down and going, what, what's the old twitchy doing? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but again, this is where uh, you're right. It's it's not a sign of guilt or anything like that. I mean, it, it's you know because of his scenario, we know he's done this, so we're picking up on it. Mm. But to anyone else looking in, it's not a sign of guilt. But she has now gone completely the other direction, and it's she's the one turning to him and saying, "You get your shit together, now Yeah, she's now she's now seen it that way because she knows what's up. But actually, mm. other people would say um, this bloke's. You know, this this young girl was murdered in his house. Yeah, he's got the right to be a bit sweaty and a bit upset and a bit yeah. on edge. Actually, there but was a robbery. There, there was a robbery. Someone's <laughs> so took his rucksack. Yeah, exactly. Someone <laughs> stole his rucksack and one of his nice knives. And he's yeah. just trying to. Um, again, it comes back to they're trying so hard 
mm. not to be noticed. And she is trying so hard not to be noticed. She's completely, she's not thinking anymore about the murder. No. She's past that. She's past the fact they killed this young girl. It's now, sort yourself out. We've got to get on with this. So she's going, well, everyone else is going to notice that you're acting weird. Because she can only see it that one way now. Yeah. 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 So it's, I think it's really well done. Like I say, could do without the repetitive conversation. But I get what they were trying to do. Um, <clears throat> so um, she, as I say, she gives a bit of a rollicking again. Um, he gets annoyed by play, people playing on the cash machine, I've written. So he's gone off to the pub. Yeah, he said he wants to be alone, didn't he? Yeah. He, so he's drove off to the boozer and he, he's smashing drink into him. He's got a short at a point, honey. And mm-hmm. again, the noise, of the, don't go wrong, it was obviously done for the purpose of the show. But that fruit machine was bloody annoying, mind. It was an annoying fruit machine, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But he had, he had sat that. right next to it in a fairly empty pub. Yeah, I'm thinking, why don't you just go sit in the pub? <laughs> You're supposed to be sat there, like, really thinking about what's happened and you're know, getting drunk because you're losing the plot about this murder and so on. Why are you sat where you are? <laughs> or do you take yourself off into a little corner or something? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Twat. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she, um, she sees the detectives in the town. Uh, they come out of a shop. So she goes into the shop um, and buys a paper. And she gave a conversation about the police. Um, the guy says that he told me he knew her and that was it. Yeah. But that is relevant yeah. later on. Yeah, it's like, a very small scene, and it's a bit like, oh. Hmm? I did like that because, again, you can see she is now... I, I don't think she came across like she was panicking in this this moment. No. I think she was literally just gathering information. She's trying Calculate. to find out what the police know. And mm-hmm. I thought that was quite a good touch because, you know, what, 20 minutes ago in the programme, she was the one losing her shit and her she is now walking in and making a joke and a, you know whatever with the news agent mm-hmm. whilst getting the paper and he is saying stuff about this particular crime mm-hmm. earlier in the episode the mention of it had her acting funny here she, yeah, well, yeah exactly here she's being a lot more um collective i suppose isn't she she's, mm-hmm. she's got it, she's got it together more yeah and it, it's it's i, I love I, I love the the composition of it really with the two things because they're two separate um, reactions to a murder. Mm. She was shocked and scared and panicking at first, and now she's in that zone and she's like, right, I need to focus and cover my tracks. Yeah. She's now not caring about what happened to this girl. She's passed that. She did all that at the beginning. He at the beginning was like, we've got to murder and then cover our tracks. And then after the fact, he's gone, oh, my God, I actually did that. Yeah. And the fact that it's in the same story, I, I, I really like personally. Yeah, it's clever. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then, um, then we see Michael and he gets his car. I've written pissed as a fart. Yeah. He's visibly hammered, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's trolleyed. He's gazeboed and all that business. Um, he's hearing all these voices in his head again, this time from the police where they, you know, from the detectives when they were saying all these clues they've got from his wife, basically saying you're a knobber. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then he sees, Dana again at the bus stop and smashes into the back of someone's car. Local policeman comes up and he's not even, he's just too pissed. He just sits there. Yeah. But the the copper does a great job. He opens up the window and goes, (laughs) brilliant nose acting. (laughs) Love the nose acting from that copper. Bear in mind, this, this, this car has smashed into the back of another car and it was quite a, you know, it wasn't just a little bump, was it? It was a smash. No, no, he's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether this copper was on a break or something, but 
He wasn't really in a hurry, was he? Let's be honest. <laughs> he moseyed over. Yeah. He didn't check on the other dude. No, he was just like, you're right, mate. Oh, had a point or two, have we? He was just, he was just like, you know, he, he, he didn't seem that bothered, really. If anything, it felt like an inconvenience to him. You know? <laughs> I was just on the way to Greg's. Yeah, Greg's thing in 2001? Probably not. I don't know. It's James Pantry, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> oh, what a shout. Other um, bakeries are available. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's crashing, obviously. he They've taken him in for drink driving. And she comes to pick him up and he goes, they've done me for drink driving. She's like, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> perhaps that. Perhaps he had to state that because when she when he walks out the cell and she's staring at him like, what are you, what's going on? Uh, perhaps he Good wanted point. to make sure, yeah, I, I, I've got caught for murder. <laughs> and then the detectives take them in. Mm. And again, this isn't, I'm no expert on the law. But if you've got a guy that's just been done for drink driving, can you then just immediately take him in and interview him about a murder? I think you can ask to have a chat, can't you? I think there's nothing wrong with that. Because they could could have said no or asked for solicitors or something, but they don't want to make themselves... Yeah. That's something else that bothers me as well. And I suppose it is jumping ahead a touch, but Mm. when each person is being questioned and it's obvious at one point later on that the detective knows the crack... Mm. not once do they say can i have a solicitor can i have a lawyer i'm not saying anything else until i've got legal representation that i thought was a bit strange yeah maybe a bit of an oversight maybe they just mm. thought it would get in the way of the story i don't know yeah oh again i was literally just popping in my head now it might make sense because of cost i guess because you know maybe yeah maybe because of money mm. um he asked them why they took two cars to the pub um uh they again say about the VAT returns. He says, I don't know why we've done that when you, they're not in for three weeks. Um, then he asks them how the business is going. Yeah. Because he knows. He knows. He knows that He's done his well. research. Yeah. Uh, she stands up and she says that she wants to take her husband home. Um, and <laughs> um, he has a lovely little sly remark. So he, oh, he also asked them if they went over that bridge. Um, but she said she wants to take her husband home because he's drunk and she, um, she wanted to take her husband home on the night at the pub because he'd been drinking. And she said, yeah. you made some comment like, shame you weren't there today. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I love bitch. that. This guy's great, isn't he? <laughs> he, he huh? You know what? He's, uh, yeah, he's a lovely little character. And uh, like again, I think uh, Talkie the Toaster does a really good job playing it. Considering, yeah. you know, he's only really known for minor sort of comedic roles. He did well in this. I thought mm. he was good. Yeah. I mean, that, that shows acting range as well, doesn't it? He's a detective mm. and a toaster in his career. That's quite a yeah. broad He's a yeah. toaster and the, and the Cornish Columbo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that range right there. <laughs> um, they get back home again. He's fully melting down now. He's crying and he said he thought he can do it, but he can't. And it, I've written here the role reversal, I think, was really well done, uh, really well portrayed. Um, he says that he wants to hand himself in and she rants at him and as per previous. But well, there's one additional bit, though, isn't there? Because now we're starting to get the, the real hammering home of she will not go to jail. She will not go to jail. She will not go to jail. Hammered again and again and again every time she's ranting at him. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, yeah, he keeps telling her that he can't take it anymore. And she, he's going, because he's going mad, and he's becoming more desperate, and I've written that she's become more focused. Like yes. She's focused that she's not going to jail, and he's like, look, I can't do it. I need to, I need to admit, I need to hand myself in. 
Um, she takes herself down by the sea, I've written, to try and uh, think, I guess. And she watches over the lapping waves. Um, and now, again, I've I watched this not too long ago before my rewatch yep. today. So I read this differently now. I probably didn't think anything of it the first time I watched it. But for me, the decision that she makes later that seems like a sudden decision, I don't think it was. I think she decided it in this moment. I think, well, I, I, when I was watching it, um, that moment when she's looking at the water, I thought to myself, she's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Straight away, that was my, my impression. Mm-hmm. But she goes back to speak with him, back to speak with Michael, mm-hmm. and she's got a different plan, hasn't she? And then I was like, oh, okay, I've completely misread that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she goes back, she says she's had an idea, but he's got to trust her. Yeah. She says he commits suicide, <laughs> fake suicide. He writes a note with a fake reason saying that him and the girl had an affair. So now we know for sure it wasn't an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kind of figured by this point that it was possibly money-related because they've done a lot of push on that. But this yeah. kind of confirmed yeah. it wasn't an affair because he basically goes, no one's going to believe that because it was obvious that we wouldn't have an affair. Um, she suggests that he fakes his death, goes to France on a boat. He says it won't work. She says, let's try. He says, it won't. She says, let's try, et cetera, et cetera, over and over, really. And that's the second conversation that gets repeated quite a lot, isn't it, going forward now? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, she reminds him that it was his idea. Um, he says maybe it was better if it would be better off if he was dead. She said, you know, don't say that. There's a chance at least. Look, if you just hand yourself in now, we're both done for. If you try and do a runner, it might work. It might not. But it's the only chance mm. we've got, basically, is what she's trying to say. And I've put, it's a complete 180 from the beginning of the episode, this dynamic yes. now. Yeah, that changes completely. It's not just a you know, transition for either, either or now, is it? It's completely happened for the pair of them. It's now she is completely driving this and he is a wreck. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And again, I think the motivation of not going to jail, because that's that, that gets hammered home again and mm-hmm. again. I think that is really the, the focus point in her becoming so collected and focused and and driven with her ideas and her plans and trying to find a way out of this i think Mm -hmm. yeah so he prints a suicide note and signs it um and then he's at the yard later on she brings some money to him um to you know to start him off on his journey in france um and then they have the same conversation again pretty much that Mm -hmm. they're going to work out that he'd done a runner um he wants to hand himself in and as as per previous i think really but i do think yeah. that um this episode i've written here that this conversation although it's a bit repetitive i do think there's some real emotional heft in this episode which is what we were missing from the last one yeah yeah i get that i mean that uh, i will we'll obviously at the end of our, of our podcast today summarize what we think of the characters and the story in general but mm. there is there is more I suppose there is more depth to these characters with how they've changed their way of thinking, both mm-hmm. of them changing the course of the episode, a lot of emotion being shown on both their parts. And then also mm-hmm. both of them being quite cold at times. And yeah. like, there is, there is a lot more to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she gives him a big hug, holds him quite tight, cries. Um, she says to him that her mum's got Billy, which is the name of the kid. And I went, Oh yeah, they got a kid. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we spend the last night together you know before we hand ourselves in on the boat um he says don't try and change your mind if she promises that she won't 
And we've got quite a nice little shot of the boat, don't we, in the water? Yeah. Yeah. But some lovely little music over the top of that. See, when she said I've that, written. let's go spend the night on the boat. <laughs> was it lovely? My, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm. My mindset was, again, oh, she's going to kill him. But even then, that's still, to me, it, when they went on the boat, that still mm-hmm. made me think, oh, no, I've, I've misread this again here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it kept you guessing a little bit. Um, mm. But she is, she's, not, she's not stuck to what she said. She's still trying to convince him. And we go back and forth again on the same thing. And he goes, do you know what? Bad enough of this. Let's just go back. And that's when she grabs up a, a thing. Yeah, a boat thing. Are you there? She grabs a boat thing and uh, batters him to death. Mm. Yes, shouting, I'm not going to jail. Yeah. And that's Michael Dunn. What did you think when you saw this? Um, I, I took it as that wasn't her plan, even though it was hinted at several times. But... Mm. I don't know. I, I, you saying that when she was looking across the water, you you know watching it back, think that that's when she had this idea. I I I, I don't I don't know. I can't make my mind up whether this was planned all along, or if it was just because she grabbed the, she grabbed the boat thing, shall we say that the, mm. the the weapon that she you know bludgeons him to death with. It's very much a case of spur of the moment the weapon is just there in a convenient place it's not like she's yeah. got something like, like michael with the knife he went and fetched that had it about his person waiting for the right time to stab dana she mm. didn't do any of this barbara didn't do any of this barbara literally grabbed the nearest thing to her and lashed out in temper so i'm kind of yeah. or even panic maybe yeah and i suppose really if she'd have fought it through she could have just let him go to sleep and do it in a way that mm. didn't leave such a such damage Obviously, he'd be quite damaged because he'd be yeah. dead, but not, uh, not the not the big old, old gaping hole in his head. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so he he's done. Um, as he said, she was shouting that she didn't want to go to jail, and she comes back. I put on a little fiddly boat. Yeah, that, I wouldn't trust that person. thing out. I don't know what they're called. It's like a little. It's basically like a, a dinghy with a the little dinghy there. thing. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that out on a, on yeah. rapids or anything like that. Um, no. <laughs> No, and then again, they do something that we've noticed a couple of times in the previous episodes, which is they overlap a shot with uh, where the detective is reading the suicide note. But the shot we, we see is her in the dark, covered in blood. And I like this kind of shot yeah. thing because for me, it keeps the story moving. Like I say, they've only got an hour to tell this big story every week. So they keep it going and you don't really have much waste of motion. I quite liked that. Um, we heard the lovely tones from the detective over that quite dark uh, imagery. Yeah. Yes. Very well done. Very well done. I, I think we had maybe not exactly the same setup, but we had similar, uh, similar clever shots or clever imagery in the first episode as well. So I wonder if it is a writing mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And let's say the, the creator of the series also was the sole writer for this and that episode. So maybe, yes, I don't know how it works with the direction and stuff like that, but um, yeah, maybe a similar, similar, you know, sort of thing really. Um, so, you know, the detective said, I've got to ask some questions and she says, oh, no, I understand that. Said, Did you have any idea that Dana and uh, your husband have an affair? And she said, she's, um, she's surprised about it, you know, and, uh, he said he was surprised that she didn't call sooner, but she's got a story quite lined up here. It's a completely different person from mm. the beginning. She's really trying to, she's, she does seem to have thought this through. She's not rattled, is she, by the questions? Um, 
No, and and he makes the point that he can't. They can't be sure that he's dead. And again, I think this was that character saying to her, oh, "You can't be sure that he's dead," because she's he's looking in her eyes to see how she reacts to that comment. Yes. Yeah. Are you sure that he's dead? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know something we don't? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've written here that we next shot we've got the baby crying, um, and I put that poor kid is easy to forget that he's involved. Um, and that made me come back down to earth of how dark this is. It's really yeah. dark because she, that little baby, well, not only was in the house alone with that dead body for a long time, um, but his mum has just killed his dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, there's going to be, and then we find Netflix out later what it was about. Serious. And yeah, there's going to be a Netflix. Yeah. Like that yeah at some def- point. He's going to become a serial killer, isn't he? Honestly, that poor kid. Um, see, they should do a follow-up now of Murder in Mind. They should do it, not a full reboot, a follow-up following all of the families. You see, because he'd be he'd be in his twenties by now. He could be, uh, yeah. You see, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send in a, an application to uh, BBC. Me, you, and Scottish Danny can co-write it. It'll be great. He'll get all well, the, the guy nice who technology right. The guy who wrote it, um, Mr. Horowitz. I, I found him on Twitter actually. Yeah. So perhaps we can we can send him a message from the yeah from the murder in mind account. Okay, all right, at. I'll email Barry. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll, we'll contact Barry. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, then we see that uh, there's kids playing on the beach, and as soon as you see kids playing on the beach, you know what's about to happen. Yes, it's not good, is it? No. Um, the, his body washes up. With a bloody a great hole, hole in the noggin. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite well done, that little that little hole, I thought. Yeah, but the, my, my mind straight away went to, there's no way she can get out of this now. Because the wound no. is so obvious that he has not done that himself. No. It's back of his head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she has a bit of a strange exchange with her baby. And she's sort of talking to the baby. Uh, police rock mm. up are put to uh, to her mum's house and she says straight away to her mum, look after Billy. And it seems like she knows straight away what's about to happen. Yeah. At that moment. Yeah. It seems that she knows what's happened and what's going to happen. They go to the station. She asks if they found her husband's body. Um, and they said yes, but he didn't commit suicide unless he somehow fractured his own skull. Um, and I've written here what we discussed earlier. I put, I like the switch from the detective now because now he's becoming a lot more forceful. And, um, you know, a lot more sort of forthcoming with the fact. We know what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's gathered all the information he needs. I, I think this guy is really clever because, uh, well, like, like you said, more, he's, he's spent the whole episode coming across a bit bumbly, a bit, a bit off the pace. But he's asking mm-hmm. certain questions that you sort of think, okay, well, why did he ask that? That's a bit funny. Or why has he noticed yep. that? And now it's almost like he's got all, everything he needs so he can stop mm-hmm. the act, turn around and just be like, okay, we've got you now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, Dave Ross, you know, fair play to me, played this really well, I think. Um, they pointed out that they found uh, Michael's holdall in the river. Um, they know that she lied about him doing the VAT returns. Um, they know that he wasn't having an affair with Dana. Um, I'm not sure they confirmed how they knew that he wasn't. Mm. But anyway, yeah, how I think they that? just went, <laughs> she was well out of his league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, 
They know that, uh, and then they start saying that she was born on the 11th of the 6th, she lived at number 28, and I'm going, huh? And then you realise yeah. what they're doing is they're saying these are her lottery numbers. But when they start writing the numbers up on the whiteboard, mm. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, what, is this some kind of a code? But then why would it be a code that led to her getting killed? How would she know? Uh, I, okay. I didn't twig at all until they literally said lottery numbers. Yeah. Um, and those lottery numbers won a share of the jackpot. So we go, you know, in, our, in my mind, again, I rewatched it today after watching it a few months ago, maybe, maybe a year ago. And um, the opening scene, when we said they were sat in front of the TV and they were cheering, it was the lottery. Yeah. It was the, it was the noise from the lottery. So she won the lottery uh, numbers, part of the jackpot. Um, and we go back to just before the first scene that we joined. And she's asked Michael to check her numbers on the lottery so this is the bit. Okay, so what did you think about the lottery reveal? I thought it was done quite well. I'm not going to okay. lie. I thought it was because as soon as you know, we know what's going to what's what's happening, don't we? We know this is now the situation. She has won a share of the lottery because the detective is spelling it out. Lottery numbers on the whiteboard. Mm. However, we've gone back in time to see them discover that she's won this share. And I think the way that Michael is in his chair looking miserable, fed up because he's got money issues as we, as we find out and so on, sipping a beer, just staring at the TV screen, not happy with life in general. And then he slowly starts edging forward, sitting up, paying a bit more attention as each ball drops. I thought that was quite cleverly done. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what about that being the motive? Uh, I don't, I, I suppose I don't really I'll think tell you one problem that I've got with it. Right? Okay. One problem I've got with it is unless I misheard something at the beginning, he said, we've talked about this for weeks, right? Yeah. I'm sure he said that at the beginning. We talked about yes, this. Yes, he did. 100%. Yeah. So I guess it was a money thing. It wasn't about murdering someone, presumably. So watching it, that bit where they go the lottery, I think well, it's a bit, it's a bit cheesy actually lottery being the thing, but all right. And then they show that that night when they're going out to the pub, they see she's won the lottery and they make that decision so quickly. They immediately jump to let's kill her. Let's kill this yeah. girl. Who's my, you know, my workmate's daughter. And I, I just think it's a bit, even for these characters, a bit unbelievable, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the potential is that she babysits the same night every week for this regular pub quiz, doesn't she? Hmm. But they were wearing they, the same clothes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I was trying to sort of think <laughs> may, maybe maybe they Logically. kept the ticket for a week or two. Yeah. And plan Surely she'd come down and go, where's my lottery ticket? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're right that that whole we spoke about this for weeks, and then that night they've made that leap. It doesn't quite add up, does it? No, no. I think because there was so much that I thought was quite clever in this, and then that just kind of made me go, "Oh, that's a bit of a cop out." It's like when you used to watch stuff like Murder She Wrote, and you'd be trying to work out the whole time because it, it's a murder mystery. You'd be trying to work out the whole way 
who yeah. did it. And then like, it was his cousin who'd never been in the episode before. And you're like, how the fuck was I supposed to work that out? <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit like, you know, what have they been plotting for weeks? And then you're like, no, they weren't really plotting it for weeks. No. It's, yeah. I think that's sort of the TV that, now. That didn't quite work. Did it? No, no, a bit of a shame. Um, so, um, they found the ticket. Uh, the police have found the ticket in the house. Um, he goes through the whole thing that they were in bad money problems, the business going on that he was going under. And, you know, she pointed out earlier that that was his idea. You know, he was feeling insurance and it was going quite well, but he really wanted to open this boatyard. So it's all his fault. Um, they were up to their eyes in debt. They killed her for the money. And I put, she was really cold at this point. Really, really mm-hmm. just, nope. She's still denying it. Um, and it, I found that interesting because it seemed when she talked to her mum that she'd accepted it. But yes. she's still got in her mind, I'm going to do everything I can not to go to jail. Yeah. Again, that, that didn't quite work for me. Mm. Again, the whole look after Billy. Saying it once, you could almost pass it off as, oh, she's going to go speak to the police, just look after him for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But the way she then repeated it and said it very um, heartfelt and really sort of with an intense glare at her mum, look after Billy, that was, like you said, it came across like she knew that the game was up. Yeah. But then it's like a complete 180 again by the time she sits down in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying, yeah, we want the truth. And he's not buying anything she's saying. That creepy lullaby I've written um, starts playing over the top again. And he says, we can wait. We'll get you to say the truth. And then that's the end. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, the ending, I think, is quite good because you don't know if they've got her or not. You think that they have, mm. but the fact that she's not saying anything and she's there still trying to say, Oh, well he had the affair, didn't he? And whatever. Yeah. Th- there is, I suppose you can put doubt in a jury's mind, I guess mm-hmm. with the story that she's concocted here. But at the same time, you know, the hole in the back of the head, it kind of doesn't, you know, it's not a suicide because of that. And, I don't know, maybe he fell on the boat and banged his noggin, whatever, I don't know. Overall, I, I think that this was, I enjoyed the episode. Mm-hmm. But I think there were, I think sometimes it was, it was almost trying to be too clever and they missed a couple of steps in what they were doing. Okay. So like with the, uh, the whole, um, you know, the, 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 oh, we planned this for weeks. Yeah. That would make sense if they sort of hinted at something happening and then, you know, they planned it for weeks or they, uh, I was, I started thinking, okay, is this an insurance job when that was said, but Mm -hmm. why would they insure their babysitter? That makes no sense. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) they go through a lot of babysitters. They go through babysitters like holdles. Yeah, exactly. But that, (laughs) that is, um, that one line, we planned this for weeks or we spoke about this for weeks or spoke about this over and over again. That one line completely skewed my whole thought process throughout the whole episode. Right, and okay. at the end, when we see that it happened that very night, in theory, from the flashback we had, mm-hmm. I was like, well, hang on, that don't make no sense then. So that kind of put me off a bit, to be honest. What, what about you? What, yeah, what, what you that. How do you summarize what you saw and, and the characters and so on? Well, so, so firstly, I would say that with the ending, uh, I quite like the ending to, to a degree. Um, in that, like you said, it's open-ended. And I think we've started seeing a link already to the Murder in Mind episodes because yes. in the first episode, we are left, it is left up to the viewer's imagination what happens to Caitlin. Mm-hmm. 
we're not sure if she gets caught for her dodgy stuff or what happens. In the second episode, it's kind of left up to our imagination if it really is the way that it appears with James Naismith or, you know, he's going on to what, what is he going to go on to do next? There's a lot of stories sitting there that you can make up in your own mind and you can create. And here again, because we don't have a definitive end, it's not like, it doesn't feel like Sopranos end. It just, it's just one of those that you can make up your own mind. Um, Yeah. There's enough to kind of finish the story to satisfy you, but you can make up your own mind if you, if you want to. Um, overall, um, I thought it was a really good episode. I think, um, I, well, let, why don't we get straight into, would you murder this episode or would you keep it in mind? Uh, See, the big thing for me is, would I go back and watch this again? Mm -hmm. That's probably the best way to do it. The first episode, well, yeah, the, the first episode I would definitely watch again. Yeah. The episode we watched last week, I would... I'm not as convinced, but I think I would go back and watch that again. Mm-hmm. This one here, I I think is actually the worst of the three we've seen. Okay. I'm not as fond of this. I think mm. I probably would go back and watch it again just to see if there's anything I've missed, but it would be mm-hmm. more out of curiosity to see if there are any plot holes I've missed that fill in a couple of blanks for me. Yeah. Rather than wanting to go back and watch it for any particular reason. You know, other than literally that that I just stated. Now, mm. I, I think a big part of that is the characters. Barring the main detective, I don't think there's any likable character in this TV show. Okay. I think that the mother-in-law is is just a, a pain in the ass. I think <laughs> Michael is obviously not a nice bloke. He's killed someone, but then he turns into this blubbering wreck afterwards. And he's, he, I, I find him quite annoying at times. I mean, get your shit together, okay. mate. You're the one, who, you know, the mm-hmm. wife, the wife, I think, she, again, she's not supposed to be likable because she's involved in this murder. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think out of all of them, she's the most interesting because of the okay. way her character changes and she becomes so cold. But again, there's nothing to, Flame, for example, Steve McFadden's character in Flame. Okay, the guy couldn't act for shit, but at least he was a nice bloke. Yeah. You know? Pushed here, into that situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here, I don't think we've got that other than the detective. Yeah, and I, especially when you kind of go with the, what the actual, the whole th- th- story is, what is the motive? And when you get yeah. the motive and you go, that's all it takes to kill someone. I get they're desperate for money, but bloody hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still, I'll lottery ticket and do a runner the next morning. And go, oh, I'd put it down the kitchen. See you later. Forget, forget to tell her and put it in your pocket or something. Yeah, exactly. Just nick exactly. it. <laughs> I, I'm with, with regards to whether you know I murder it or I keep it in mind. I'm really on the fence. I think, I think I probably would murder it. Just okay. Just, just drops below that line. That's your first murder. Mm, yeah. Ah. What about you, bud? I would, I would, I think the more that we've discussed it, the more I'm on the line as well, but I'm still in, keep it in mind. I think there is enough, there's plot holes and I think the motive is weak, but I think, and this is my VIP, I'm going to tell you right away. I agree with you with his character, but I think Brees Dinsdale was brilliant in this. Okay. Personally, I think that he's, his portrayal of his meltdown I think he did it really well. He looked like 
he hadn't slept for weeks. Mm. He's he looked panicky. He looked. I just thought he did a really really good job. I think that his performance works for me. I think there's enough in. It, I'm on. The, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Ju- I'm going to start talking myself out of it. I, <laughs> I'm still going to keep it in mind. I think it's entertaining enough. I think. Um, I don't think I love it as much as I did when I when I was a teenager. I think I liked it a lot more than I do now. Right. Um, now that I've had a kid and stuff, that might that might affect it. Yeah, because it's I a bit darker that. than I. Not darker than I thought it was, but I'm looking at it from a parent's point of view now, and they, that makes the characters even more dislikable um, to me because they they left their kid there as well with this dead body. And I think I think there's enough in there. I think there's enough in there. I think I think like you, I'm straddling the line, as it were. But I think mm. keep it in mind. I don't I don't think it's um, I don't think it's complete write off. Okay, there we go. And what about your VIP? My VIP is the the detective. I think he was just brilliant the whole way through. He yeah, I can't just, argue with that. He was so good. He was so good. Just everything about it, the little things he was noticing whilst acting like he wasn't noticing stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think he was... I, I think his character was great. I mean, I nearly went for Barbara because of how just chilling and cold she became. I found that really interesting. Mm. Uh, the detective i think is is the only character in that i actually liked so okay uh what about um i mean we, we've still not got a word for it but the opposite of a vip uh, I, I think we 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 spot around the word vip but that doesn't work no um, <laughs> <laughs> um oh why uh i thought there's two that popped to mind okay what one is the mother-in-law i just find her irritating okay i think she's annoying and the other one is the detective that's working with the guy who was my VIP. Mm. I think she's just a bit of a knob. Okay. And I'm like, what is the point of you being here? You know, yeah. she, keeps, she keeps giving these funny looks and eye rolls. And I'm just like, oh, wind your neck in love. You're supposed to be a police officer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, I think it's a good sign for the episode that it's quite difficult to find. Cause like the mother in law yeah. two scenes. Um, I, I've, I've said, the second detective because I, I couldn't really think of a character that bothered me that much. I mean, mm-hmm. like you say, you know, they're not particularly likable, but I enjoyed the performances. Um, and that detective, she's just there because they're supposed to be two detectives. She doesn't, yeah. she's just named extra. I can't remember what her name is, but she's a named extra and right. she's pretty pointless. So I would, I would put her sorry to the actress. I'm sure you're lovely, but <laughs> nonsense um there we go okay okay that's interesting that's interesting so i'm very interested about where we're going next week so si, because right. next week is episode four and it is an episode called mercy now okay. the reason i'm interested in this is because i watched this um when i was a teenager maybe 17 18 whatever i was and i felt a certain way about this episode and when I rewatched it, let's say last year, whenever it was, because I, I keep saying six months ago, but I don't think it was. I think it was a year ago. I felt complete opposite about this episode. Interesting. Okay. I've done a complete 180 on this episode. Um, now I'm going to rewatch it again before we record uh, the next episode. And I might have a slightly different view still. Who knows? But it, it wasn't just a someone's pointed things out or I've noticed something else on the second watch or whatever. It was a complete. It was one extreme to the other extreme for me. So I'm very, I've got no idea how you're going to feel about this. Um, 
so yeah, so it's called Mercy. I can't, I can't again with any of these. I can't really tell you too much, except it does revolve around a doctor and his wife, and it stars Timothy West. You must be familiar with Timothy West. Mm, what's he been in? Oh, could probably be quicker to tell you what he hasn't been in. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in all sorts of things. I honestly couldn't name. Um, his son has also been a lot. His son is Samuel West. So he was in a TV series where he's like an angel detective. I can't remember the name. He was also in the Hornblower movies, uh, his son. Timothy West has been in yeah, a bit part on everything. I mean, I know he's in Waking the Dead and um, he was in um, New Tricks and uh, everything. So he's always, yeah, I might recognise him then, yeah. He was born He was born in his 50s, I think. He's always <laughs> been old. Um, but he, he was in EastEnders for a little while. You watch okay. EastEnders at all? No, not for years and years and years. Okay, he was mixed dad in EastEnders back in 2013 or something. And he was a no. big star. They they really did a big piece in the paper about the fact that they got Timothy West, because he's quite a, like, a well-known, obviously not to you, but a well-known sort of classical <laughs> actor. Um and his wife is played by a lady called Judy Parfit. Um, her first TV credit was in 1956. Why? Okay. So I know that yeah. name. Okay. So she's been, again, in a, a lot of stuff. So um, a couple of sort of established names in British TV by this point. So very, very interested to see what you think about this. Again, it's complete. As I think these first three have been completely different. There's some stylistic similarities in that you know, the murder happens quite early and we've, we're starting to see little links in the fact that, you know, these stories are almost open-ended for your own imagination, but they're all been completely different really, haven't they? In tone and, and, um, story. And this one is again, so I'm really interested to see what you think of this show. Yeah. It sounds intriguing. It sounds intriguing. And again, I, I've, I've said this one, you know, is, is on the, the negative side of the line for me. There's mm. still an affair to make me think, okay, I, I, I'm glad I watched it. So even the one that I've not enjoyed, well, the one that I've enjoyed the least, there's still enough there to keep me intrigued until the end. It's not offended you, and no, exactly, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's that's a good sign. But again, like you said, you know, if we just said keep every single episode of this in mind, um, you know, it might be a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit generous. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it would, it would definitely, it would definitely. But no, I'm honestly so far bloody loving this. Can't wait to keep watching. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so where can they uh, where can they find you, Sai? Uh, the best place is on Twitter at SJP World Media, or oh, there's a group on Facebook and a page on Facebook as well, SJP World Media, and that's the network that carries this show and has links to all the other shows that the network carries. So covering lots of wrestling, lots of TV, lots of sci-fi. All sorts of great stuff. Loads of great hosts on there. Loads of great, uh, great podcasts. Check it out, basically. Awesome. Uh, what about you, bud? Well, very. I'm very lucky that you can find me on this show. So you know, interact with uh, with this show's Twitter, which I believe is the Murder. Mo- is it just Murder in Mind Pod? On Twitter? It is indeed. There we go at Murder in Mind Pod. You can find me uh, at MultiJR5 on Twitter as well. Um, you'll see links on there to other nonsense I'm involved with that I won't plug on here, um, <laughs> um, uh, inc- including a certain hairy housewife. Not my, not my wife, but uh, um, he's he's a bit like my wife, really, isn't he? Let's be honest. My wife. I reckon, mate. I reckon. Yeah. Make a nice couple. He's, he's a little bit, yeah. Um, he moans about me a lot, which is yeah. yeah. 
pretty spot on for, for my wife. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you uh, next week. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah.